Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing through the Gospel of Mark. We're in the 13th chapter. And let me back up and remind us of the context. Remember some disciples, four disciples that come to Jesus, and they ask him this question. They said, tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign when all these things are going to be fulfilled? So this is Mark's account. We've talked a good bit about this through the many episodes of our podcast here. Well, Jesus answers them, and he gives them uh, directed instructions. The first instruction was, see to it that no one misleads you. <coughs> so, folks, don't forget that. See to it that no one misleads you. Why? Because many will come in my name saying, I am he, and will mislead many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be frightened. So this was the second instruction. The first was, see to it that no one misleads you. And, folks, that's so difficult because that misleading sometimes happens, uh, I want to say innocently, okay, because a lot of times uh, people teach and preach and they don't have the full counsel of the Word of God and they're not seeking the full counsel of the Word of God, and they're honestly just blathering on. And they think they're doing great things, but they're not. They're misleading, okay? But then you're going to have wars and rumors of wars. And he says, do not be frightened. So see to it that you're not misled. See to it that you're not frightened. And as to the wars and rumors of wars, Jesus says these things must take place. But it's not yet the end. So that's intriguing, is it not? A lot of times we think these wars and rumors of wars are just sort of accidents and this and that. But Jesus says they must take place. There's a far, far greater picture of things that are being worked out through the ages than we can comprehend, right? Then in verse 8, he said this, get some details. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. So that literally means ethnicities will rise up against ethnicities. And that nations, kingdoms will rise up against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will also be famines. These are just the beginning of birth pangs. Right now, we're having earthquakes literally all over the world. People say, well, we're having more than we ever had. Uh, maybe yes, maybe no. Maybe the thing is that we can detect them better, <laughs> you know, and there's more people uh, to be aware when they do occur. But I think there are actually more earthquakes now. And there will be famines. Right now, there are some famines that are developing that people don't even know about. Okay, there's a couple right now. I won't get into the detail of it, but months down the road, we're going to realize that we were in the beginning of a famine. Then Jesus gives another commandment, verse 9. Be on your guard. Okay, see to it that no one will mislead you. See to it that you're not frightened. See to it that you'll be on your guard. For they will deliver you to the courts, and you will be flogged in the synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them. So he said, be on your guard. This is going to happen. You're going to get hauled before religious rulers for the sake of the Lord. You're going to get hauled before political rulers for the sake of the Lord. Then Jesus says this according to the Gospel of Mark, verse 10. The gospel must first be preached to all the nations. The gospel must first be preached to all the nations. Uh, Matthew says it this way, Matthew uh, 24, 14. This gospel of the kingdom, so Matthew tells us what gospel, the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached 
in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And then the end will come. Now, there's been all sorts of ways that this has been interpreted and misinterpreted. People have used this for years and years to motivate the body of Christ to proclaim the gospel. The body of Christ is to proclaim the gospel. We're to do it by word. We're to do it by deed. We're to do it by every way the Lord leads us. But quite often that motivation crossed the line into manipulation. Okay, I've actually heard it said that the Lord cannot return until all the nations and everyone on earth has heard the gospel of the kingdom. And, of course, immediately we go, well, how in the world is that going to happen? You know, how can that occur? You know, nowadays, uh, let me say uh, 30 years ago, we look at this and go, man, that's, that's not impossible. How's this going to happen? And so this was used to motivate people to become missionaries, to motivate all this. And, you know, that's fine. I want to be careful here, okay? Because the Lord knows the heart of those who uh, speak. And so, but I think there's more to it like this. We can look at the natural now and say, well, you know, the, the gospel is literally on the interlinks, on the interwebs. And people are, can encounter the gospel anywhere. The gospel has been preached to all nations. Sort of like what Paul would do. Paul would go into a region and preach the gospel in a region, just in this one city. And a few people would believe, and he would leave, then he'd write to other people and say, the gospel has come. So it's like me being in Alabama and, G, and uh, Paul coming in. Let's just use the largest town, which is now Huntsville. It's not Birmingham. He would come into Huntsville, and he would preach the gospel. And let's say 50 people believe. Well, he'd leave and go to Texas. And then he'd write back and say, the gospel has come to Alabama. Well, does that mean that everybody in Alabama believed and everybody had heard yet? No. But the gospel came, and it's a responsibility, yes, of those who have heard and believed and received to propagate that. But there's even more. Over in Revelation, you run into a really uh, interesting thing uh, when the angels are going around uh, through the heavenly realm and crying out the woes and things like this, and they're warning about don't take the mark of the beast. And these angels actually proclaim the gospel. So right before the end of everything, there's going to be angelic proclamation and the entire world will hear. So does that mean that we're not to go and proclaim the gospel of the kingdom? No, 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 no. What it does mean is we're not alone in doing this. <laughs> okay. We have uh, uh, divine beings and we have the Holy Spirit empowering us. Well, Jesus continues, verse 11. He says, when they arrest you and hand you over, notice he says when, not if. When they arrest you and hand you over, remember this is for his sake. Do not worry beforehand about what you are to say, but say whatever is giving you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but it is the Holy Spirit. So if you are arrested for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of the gospel, and you're uh, hauled before the religious tribunals, or you're hauled before the political tribunals, whatever it may be, he says, you don't worry about what you're going to say. When you get there, you say what is given to you because the Holy Spirit will be speaking through you. How bad are these days going to be? Well, let's just read verse 12 right here. Jesus continues, Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child, and children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. This is how intense these days are going to be. That's the reason people sit there and say, oh, we're in the last days and all this is happening. I go, no, no, it hasn't reached this level of intensity yet. Okay? I think it can. I think it will because it says so here, and I think it will very quickly. Whether it will be within our lifetime, I don't know. It totally could be. Okay? Notice it will be brother against brother to betray to death. 
father against his child is the inference. Then it says forthrightly that children will rise up against their parents and have their parents put to death. Children will turn against their parents because their parents are believers. Then Jesus continues in verse 13, our last verse for today. You will be hated by all because of my name, but the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. Sometimes people have a hard time with that verse. Jesus is saying this, you're going to be hated by all because of my name. You're going to be hated by all the world. Right now, all the world doesn't hate Christians. It's getting more and more like that, but they don't hate true believers. When he says the one who endures to the end shall be saved, it's not that you were not saved to start with. It's the fact that your endurance is the evidence and is the fruit of your salvation. Your endurance to the end proves that you were truly saved. If you don't endure to the end and you turn and walk away, John makes this very plain. First John, he says, you are never of us. You might have acted like it, might have been religious your whole life, but you are never truly saved if you don't endure to the end. And that endurance comes about empowered by the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not endurance of the soul, endurance of the flesh. It's because you are truly saved. The Lord will save us. He will walk us through. And people say, well, what if we get killed? What if we put to death? Really? If you live long enough, you're going to die. What greater way to die than for the sake of Christ? Well, again, I'm Dale. I'll see you in the next episode.